Greetings, it's Terry at Cottage in the Court. What a great time of year to transplant, fill in the gaps, purchase plants on sale, collect pumpkins, and maybe a few leaves along the way. I am a leaf collector big time. I remember when my daughters were little, we would collect leaves and put them between wax paper and save them as a memory of a moment that we experienced together in the fall. Well, capturing moments is what I'd like to share with you today. When I think about people that can truly capture the moment, one person comes to mind. When it comes to photography, Rob Cardillo can capture a moment like no other. I thoroughly enjoy his work. Every time I pick up a book and I see a picture that just brings joy to my heart, I pretty much know it's a Cardillo. I spoke with Rob recently, and I'd like to share my conversation with him. Good morning, Rob Cardillo. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. I'm rain here today, so it's a nice day to stay indoors and, and talk to people like you. So. Isn't it the truth? <laughs> <laughs> so what made you fall in love with photography? That's a good question. Um, it wasn't an immediate love affair. I think um, I had that camera as a kid I fooled around with. It wasn't until I graduated college that I picked up my first uh, real camera and it just started taking with me you know, as I traveled and uh, you know, it, it just, it just I, I, I kind of fell in love with it, I guess, after college. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, as I was moving around the country and, and, and meeting people. And I just found it a wonderful tool and a fun thing to, to have. Mm -hmm. And what types of photography do you enjoy the most? Well, that's a good question. I mean, you know, I, I like to do a lot of things. Right now, I mean, my, my, my uh, wheelhouse is mostly the, uh, the garden world, which is gardens and plant close-ups. And, but, you know, one of the things I like to do most of is, is photograph gardeners because, um, you know, I, portraiture is just, you know, there's something about capturing somebody's face and expression and gestures that just can uh, be so uh, perfect sometimes. And it's, uh, it's always a challenge. Um, you know, people don't sit still like uh, plants do and you can't uh, move them around as easily. So it's, it's just, um, you know, I, I do like to do portraiture more now. Ah, you, you would have loved my, my face last week when I found yeah. five string beans in the oh. garden that I hadn't <laughs> even seen before. It was amazing. <laughs> Definitely a moment to capture. So when you decided, I'm going to, you know, use garden photography as a means of making a living. Yep. Why? What was it about nature that made you say, this is awesome? Well, you know, I sort of um, fell into the garden thing. I, I think I, I, I was a, a biology major in college. And after I graduated, I got to work at uh, several natural history museums, uh, you know, as, as, uh, in the ornithology department or the paleontology department or 
botany departments. And I sort of uh, realized, you know, uh, as I was learning more about the natural world and going to some beautiful places, I just realized, you know, how well a camera could, could bring that magic back home with you. Mm-hmm. It was funny because I remember studying, when I studied biology in college, um, you know, it was, it was very dry and very academic. And it was nothing like what I was experiencing as I take a walk in the woods. Um, I remember the life science building smelling like formaldehyde, thinking, this isn't really about life, is it? <laughs> and, and Not it was with that like, scent. <laughs> no, and it was, it, was, it was just amazing how much, uh, you know, they were using the tools to quantify nature and to, you know, charts and graphs and statistics. I mean, it's all very important stuff, but I think you know, I was looking for a way to communicate the magic of what was out there. Mm-hmm. So I sort of uh, fell into nature photography at first. And in my jobs at these natural history museums, I was able to use, um, use those camera as a tool to help you know, um, document a, uh, you know, a research trip or uh, you know, doing some field work someplace. So, um, and, and it was just wonderful. I could bring home images that I thought really you know, um, made those places alive. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what the first plant was that really made you go, oh, well, <laughs> this is it? Uh, that's a good question. Boy, I have to think about that for a minute. I, I'm sure it was something spiny and odd and, you know, some cactus somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, you know, not really falling in love with plants until I took a botany course in college. and uh, It was a plant morphology class, and they just described all the different families and genera. Um, and it was, I remember they had a little greenhouse just right across the street from the, the union building at Penn State, and it was um, filled with all these you know, different weird, odd plants, and on a winter day, you could walk in there and just be completely transformed. It would just, there'd be such a, a, an environment of, of life and, and vitality and just interesting shapes and forms, and it was just, it, you could feel so alive by being close to plants. Mm-hmm. So um, it was probably some cactus or succulent that probably really, you know, said, wow, this is, this is, this is interesting. So what are some of, just name the first thing that comes to mind when you think of the best technique for capturing life in the garden? Well, that's a good question. Um, You know, I always uh, tell my students that, you know, you know, it's it's easy to make a cliche flower picture. I mean, we we uh, you know, and and so I always say, if you're going to approach some subject like a rose or you know, or an aster or, or a daisy that's been photographed so many different times, try to think a little bit outside the box. Try to think of a way to present it or approach it or or even process it later into something that's going to be a little bit different. Put your your signature on it. Um, I mean, it'd be different if, if you're out there, if you find, you know, an orchid that has never been seen before by, by mankind, of course, you want to take a really straightforward, clear and informational picture. But I think if you're, you know, working with subjects that have been photographed you know, a million, at least a million times, you want to do something that's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Speaking of different, what do you consider your most memorable photo shoot? Hmm. Most memorable. I remember. I think there was one in um, in Japan. I was there uh, working for uh, uh, on assignment uh, following this, this architect's work. Um, 
he was an interesting he was a guy, he was a Zen master, but he was also a landscape architect. And he did these installations in different um, uh, you know, hotels and, and you know, commercial properties. And one of them was this little uh, enclosed courtyard. It was like these big boulders, all moss covered, um, bamboo, just very beautiful. And it was made to be seen from all four sides, this little, little courtyard in a hotel. And I had to get inside to photograph it. And uh, they wouldn't let me in with my shoes on. So <laughs> they gave me these, the tiniest pair of slippers. They, I guess they were the biggest slippers they had, but they were just like tiny for my feet and I could barely get my toes into them. And I'm, I'm sort of tripping around on the inside of this, you know, this fishbowl of a, of a scene. And uh, <laughs> I just remember people walking by laughing <laughs> as I'm trying to maneuver over the rocks and get my camera and tripod set up. It was, it was pretty funny. And my feet hurt for days after that. It was just one of these, you know, silly things. But, um, wow. Yeah, but it was, it, was, it was a cool experience. I mean, you know. Memorable. What's the most exotic place you've ever been to take pictures? Oh, geez, that's a good question. Um, you know, I did, I was in Japan a couple times. Um, I was in, um, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, I haven't really, let me think. Most exotic. Yeah, probably someplace in Costa Rica. That's right. I was there um, in 2014 for garden design and we photographed a, a, uh, a gardener's resort. Mm. It was just this magnificent, you know, ultra modern, uh, environmentally sound um, set of rooms and buildings that was sort of embedded with the jungle and and the owners sort of knew the um knew how to, to landscape beautifully with with native plants and it was just really really rich and tropical and you know just one of those places you just you just can't you walk a, a, you know a, you take one step and there's another photograph mm. there's just you know there's just so much there that was new and interesting how do you decide what the picture is you know the one yeah uh, that's a good question too. Um, you know, I, I try not to edit my work right away unless mm -hmm. I have to. I think it's always good to let it simmer a little bit and let it, you know, fall away from your consciousness a little bit. And then like a week later or even longer, go back to it. And then you see the pictures and you, you sort of, you sort of have a bit of a distance from them. And I think that's a great way to begin to see which ones really might uh, appeal to uh, you know, a greater audience. You know, we fall in love with our own pictures so easily. You know, we say, oh, and you show this picture to somebody and they don't get it. They don't understand that, oh, you know, I had to climb a mountain and spend three hours in the rain and, and you know, and my camera broke and I had this, all this effort to get this one picture. But if it doesn't really say anything to somebody else, it's, you know, it's a, it doesn't really work as a, as, as a great photograph. So, I think getting a little distance from your work by giving yourself time from when you shoot to when you edit is a good um, piece of advice. Huh. So we've got a lot of new gardeners this year. Mm -hmm. Do you have a garden at home? I do, yep. What, what's, what's in your garden? What, what right now is giving you the wow factor in your ha. garden? Well, you know, it's funny because my, my garden has been neglected at least my front garden. I always have a vegetable garden in the back, which we, you know, is pretty productive. But 
The front garden is, I live on a corner on this you know, small town, so there's a lot of foot traffic and I've got these two big you know, exposures to kind of like, you know, make sure they look good. And I've, I've sort of failed, I think, so many years because I just didn't have the time. But this year I really had some help and I really, you know, um, got rid of a bunch of old, uh, old shrubs and trees that just weren't working well and redid the whole uh, front and it's, uh, and I left one spot that's right up by the, the corner there. And I thought this I'll just do with uh, annuals and I'll kind of change it out from year to year. Mm -hmm. I wanted to put things in that, you know, I mean, I put in some zinnias and I put in some, a few perennials to put the cosmos in and, you know, to sort of just give it a, a, some structure. But, but the plants I, I put in that were really the most popular were um, fennel, which I think is a beautiful plant mm -hmm. and, um, and okra. I wanted to put some edibles out there so that, you know, uh, well, first of all, I, I think okra is a beautiful plant. It has a beautiful hibiscus-like flower and, and, the, and the pods are so interesting. And, you know, it, it, and even as it's drying now, it looks striking. The, the pods are stripy and, and, uh, and, and people, you know, people like that. They like to walk by something and I see them pointing it out to their kids and trying to explain what it is. And it's, 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 it's great. Oh, so you're kind of inviting them in visually. Yes, yeah. On the street. That's, that's pretty cool. So with all the new gardeners this year, yeah. um, some of them might decide, oh, I got to take a picture of everything. Or maybe not take a picture at all. What advice would you give them? Um, well, you know, I mean, photography is, 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 is a great tool for gardeners. I mean, there's no better way to understand how your mm -hmm. garden beds looked in last August by acting without, you know, looking at a photograph and you can see what was working well, what, you know, you can, you can judge if you have too much uh, Rudbeckia, if that's sort of like mine, took off too much and you want to sort of balance it with something next year. Um, and you can see how, you know, the trees are growing. I think it's a really important tool just uh, as, 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 for a gardener to, to sort of be documenting uh, how their gardens are doing so they can change them and improve them next year. I mean, we all keep garden journals. I think that's all, well, most of the people I know do. And so this is just another uh, part of journaling is to, uh, is to, is to have a photograph of, of, of what you did. Mm -hmm. Now, do you only do summertime or are you out in the woods in the wintertime also capturing the moment? Well, I, I, I try to get out, um, you know, all the time. Uh, you know, I, winter photography can be extremely beautiful, but I, um, I have a real aversion to the cold. But if I can force myself out, uh, you know, it's usually, I'm usually rewarded. Last year, I did a book for an arboretum up in the Catskills, um, the mountaintop arboretum. And it was, it was supposed to, it was to be a four season visit to, the, to this uh, Place and and the winter uh, shoot was scheduled uh, somewhere in February. It was the coldest day in February, <laughs> and the temperature literally was minus twenty five. I think it was like unreal. Oh. Uh, and we were wearing snowshoes, and you know, and, but of course, the, the the arboretum was beautiful. I mean, it was just like crystalline. Everything was like had you know whatever rain or melted water happened was frozen in place, and just it was so striking. But it was just like, uh, you know, painful. If I had to take off my, 
my gloves for one minute to, to make an adjustment on my camera, it would be, it would hurt. <laughs> it was like, it was, it was kind of, I had to be very careful about, you know, which pictures I thought, eh, is this worth a little pain to get this picture? You know, so it, it was, um, it was a challenge and looking back, it was something that I certainly, you know, would, I certainly um, loved. So. Mm -hmm. Is that, uh, do, do you think that the pictures you took on that photo shoot were just like, this totally captures the moment? I think so. I, I think there's, there's one or two, I think you can actually see, it was windy too. There was a wind chill on top of that. And so you could see snow blowing and, you know, that's, it, that really gave the feeling of, of what, what I, was, I was experiencing. And one, one shot toward the end of the day, when it was getting very cold, uh, we were doing the an exterior of the educational center there. So I was waiting for the lights to sort of uh, balance. When you shoot, uh, shoot buildings, a lot of times you want the interior lights to sort of glow a little bit. And you can only do that. There's only like a 20 minute window on either end of the day when you can really get that, that glow that balances out with the, um, the ambient light outside. And I was, um, I was working, I had the art director with me. He, he came up for the shoot and he kept making suggestions. Why don't you do this from a little lower? Why don't you move over there and try? And he was trying to get his options. And I was like, you know, I, this is it. We're doing one shot here and then I'm getting back to the car because my hands are in my toes. I couldn't feel. It was so funny, Terry. We went out, um, you know, I knew it was going to be cold. And so I went to like, you know, a, a camping store, REI. And, and just bought every piece of warm clothing and hand warmer and ear warmers and feet warmers, everything. So I could be as comfortable as possible. And it was just still a, a brutal, a brutal environment to work in. But yeah, anything beyond minus five would be like, can we do this from inside? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And at one point I had to bring my camera inside to do the interiors of the, uh, of the place. And it was like a block of ice. The camera really, I, it was like a block of ice until I had to thaw it out for, you know, four or five hours before I could use it. Wow. It was, um, it was, it was, it was, it was a little scary at times too, because, you know, you're out there and you're, you know, you, you realize if you take a tumble and fall someplace and nobody's there to see you, you could, you'd be there a long time. So mm -hmm. it was, it was a, it was an adventure. You know, and I never thought about how the temperature would affect a camera. That's interesting. Yeah, you know, I have to say though, my my cameras did respond very well. I mean, they they worked. They worked. I had to just make sure when I transitioned them from the warmth to the cold and vice versa that I did it gradually, so that you know you wouldn't get condensation and you just you wouldn't uh, make sure that things were not. Uh, it wasn't too jarring to, to the mechanics of the camera. That's interesting. Huh. Well, I want to say thank you for spending some time with me today. And um, are you speaking? You're teaching? How, how can people see your work other than A Year in Brandywine Valley, which is my favorite book yeah, right now? Yeah, oh. it's, it is, you know, David, David's book. It, well, his first book was great. And I, I can't believe he, he, we could do a second book. And, but, you know, I, I, he's just got so much so many beautiful things there. Mm -hmm. Well, my website is 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 always uh, you know robcardillo.com um, is there and uh, and Grow Magazine, which I work a lot on with my uh, 
with a small team. We produced that for the Pennsylvania Horticultural Society. And you can find that online through their website. Um, but you can also subscribe to it and even better, become a member of the Pennsylvania Horticultural Society because they do so many wonderful things in the city and in the region. Yes, they do. I am a PHS supporter, 100%. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, it's like if I could just pick up the cottage and take it to Pennsylvania, I don't get weird landing. <laughs> oh my goodness. From the fertile soil, the fertile people, and just the feel of place is amazing. Yeah. Well, I do thank you and I hope to see you soon. And I'm just going to keep immersing myself in your photographs okay. as I read all about gardening. Great. Well, enjoy that. And I hope I hope we do get to meet. I hope when this whole thing clears up that uh, we'll get to actually see each other face to face. That will be both of us. Have a great day. Thanks, Terry. Bye-bye. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Rob, thank you for making time to chat with me. As I know, there was probably a picture that you could have captured as we spoke. Well, you know, it's fall and leaves, like I said, are something that are just precious to me at this time of the year. Well, I wanna share a short poem with you from one of the first poets I was introduced to in elementary school. Robert Frost. I love his poetry. The name of this poem is called Nothing Gold Can Stay. Nature's first green is gold, her harvest hue to hold. Her early leaves a flower, but only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief. So dawn goes down today, nothing gold can stay. I just love that. You have no idea how many gold leaves I've collected that are no longer gold right now. They're kind of crumbly, turning brown, but I captured that moment as best I could with my camera. Are you capturing moments this fall? Are you walking along the pathways, picking leaves and looking at the kaleidoscope that is a gift to us from Mother Nature? If you'd like to read about the kaleidoscope of nature, hop on over to my blog cottageinthecourt.com Twitter and Instagram cottageincourt and you can also follow me in my collaborative podcast with Peggy Riccio called Gardens and Plants. We try to take time to visit places and share what's going on in our garden every week. In the meantime, Embrace Mother Nature. She has been there for us all year, and she's still here, giving us gifts each and every day. Until next time, 
This is Terry, Cottage in the Court. Thank you.